I believe so. I believe it's. Four. I think so. Uh, I, I don't know. We, we, How about another incredible installment of Imagine If? I, I always feel like I need to uh, uh, declare what number it is, but it's I, your it's your inner comic book fan. You I know, guess it's like, that's what it which is. Which issue is this? You know, because um, <laughs> it's like that way when you put them in the long boxes, they can be in order. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's that much easier when the you know people are. Uh, I don't know, searching for them on online, I guess. But well, you know what's funny? Amongst that, talking amongst that line, I was thinking about this, you know, because obviously, you know, the dream someday would, yeah, owning my own comic book store, you know, having something like that. And it's funny because anytime I go visit a comic book store myself, sometimes you kind of look at the person working behind the counter, you know, and and I look at them, I'm like, you have a responsibility. Now I know this is a (laughs) a deep, deep thought, but I'm like, you have a responsibility because. Nowadays, especially the way comic books are. Like, okay, a moment ago we were just talking about the Uncanny Avengers team. Well, the Uncanny Avengers book, it's very brand new. Like, maybe four years old at best. Mm -hmm. And it's already on its third volume. Third volume? Third volume. (laughs) So, I mean, how crazy is that? What are they doing over there at Marvel? Oh, my God. I feel like it's like, oh, we've hit 12. That's a milestone. Cancel it. Refresh. (laughs) You know? And it's like... It is. It's it's the third volume of that book. You know, volume one was the opener. Volume two was the fallout from, oh, what was that, uh, Axis. And then volume three is this all-new, all-different Marvel flavor on it. And it's like, you know, how sad is that if a kid comes in, you know, like, hey, I like Cable and Deadpool. And for some strange reason, they're on the Uncanny <laughs> Avengers, so i got to collect that book. Oh, it's only on issue three? Cool. You go in there, hide like Uncanny Avengers issues one, two, and three. And they could give you volume one, issue one, volume two, issue two, and volume three, issue three. And you read these books, and you don't know what the hell's going on. I think, I mean, obviously, I mean, that's one of the reasons why... I guess I you could say I stopped copy, co- collecting comic books. It's like they're so obsessed with getting number ones. True, you know, everyone's every everybody uh, you know probably comes from the old collector days. But then now we can I mean, no one really. I don't think anybody really collects them for mo- value, money value anymore. It's kind of more of a, you know wanting to have a run, having the stories. But uh, you know, the comic book companies love to have. That giant one right there in the corner of the the comic book, so you can say, "Oh, this is issue number one. We're starting something here." But then, what do they do? They wait till they 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 do they re- redo it after twelve, and then what is it? A hundred issues down the line, they're like, "Oh no, we've kept this numbering this whole time." Yeah, here comes issue five hundred. Yeah. Yesterday was issue four. How the <laughs> hell? Yeah, no, it is funny, and it's interesting because DC Comics. Neil Adams, as a matter of fact, he did it right. I, I can't remember the issue number off the top of my head. But um, when they kind of created the new modern Superman of the 70s, they had this big issue. And I, I know we're all familiar with the artwork where he's standing there busting out of chains made mm-hmm. of kryptonite. And they did. They had that big old number one up there. And it's just, you know, Superman, the number one comic book character. 
hey, what a smart idea. Make a cover that inspires me to buy it. <laughs> because, you know, honestly, like, I mean, y- y- how great would it be to know that in our lifetimes we're going to be able to see Action Comics 1000? That's going to be there. That's... I'm looking forward to that issue. Hell, I've got a story tucked in my head. I'd love to give it to DC. I don't even need to get paid just to be a part of that, you know. And we're, you know, yeah, it's going to be, you know, the issue, you know, forty. Or, or actually, my favorite one here was a good, a good example of celebrating stuff. So when they did the big Spider-Man relaunch after God, I don't know, Clones' death or something, and it was the JMS version when it was John Michael Straczynski, and you know that was a great run in itself. And it was funny because there's a story arc called Happy Birthday, Spider-Man. And it was like, you know, issue 48, 49, 50, 51, 500. So it's like, you bastards, you just took me for two anniversary issues. <laughs> His 50th and then Spider-Man's 500th. And you're just like, man, I, you know, yeah. So it, it is tough. It is tough. You can hear the struggle out there, fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. Uh, all right. But today... We are talking Blackest Night, DC event that, you know, mostly centered around the the Green Lantern Corps, obviously, Blackest Night being part of the Oath, Uh, uh, but we have come to, uh, well, here, a little bit of the story is, uh, as the war between the Corps rages, the prophecy of the Blackest Night descends on the DC Universe. Can Hal Jordan lead DC's champions against an army of Black Lanterns made up of the deceased heroes and villains? So, I mean, basically, the start off the story is uh, Black Hand killing himself, right? An old old enemy of, of Green Lantern. Yes. Um, okay, so let's see. Some big background. So, uh, Green Lantern was um, a tanking comic, and we've had various iterations of the hero. And then finally, Jeff Johns comes along and brings in Green Lantern Rebirth. And there's actually some of the seeds in there for Blackest Night. Uh, if you look at some of the artwork, you'll actually see the symbols. It's crazy. And so, you know, that was the rebirth of Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. And then to follow that up, several issues later, years, I guess would be the better way to say, we have the Sinestro Corps War. So now we're really taking on this idea of more color rings. So Sinestro's always been there pretty much from the start of Green Lantern with his yellow-based power. And the way that worked was it was kind of like it would just absorb Green Lantern energy, and then that's how it could put a yellow output. In Sinestro Core War, they're done with that. They're making their own rings based off the same science, technology, magic that the Green Lanterns are using. Uh, then we come to find out that the Star Sapphires are also derived from this because there's this whole idea that's going to be explored and exposed in The Blackest Night called the Emotional Spectrum. So Roy G. Biv, the famous guy we've always known since our science classes, turns out that there's a whole emotional spectrum, you know, red rage, um, orange avarice greed, yellow fear, green willpower, blue hope, uh, indigo, compassion, violet, love, and then we'll find out that there's the black and the white, uh, white being life and black being death. So in the beginning there was nothing, hence death, so everything was black. Then life came across, which was white, and it shattered it into the seven shards that we all know. So this leads up to Jeff Johns' War of Light, which... I guess comes to a point in the blackest night. And so the way it works is the black lanterns are building emotional energy, you know, like there's a reaction like, Oh my God, you know, could you, you imagine somebody you loved or somebody you hated and they're, they're dead and they're back to life. You know, how would you feel? So it, it brings out this wellspring of emotions and that's what the black lanterns collect off of you. 
So they're starting to mass pile and, you know, it comes up to Hal Jordan and the other lanterns from the various color cores to come together to stop it. And of course, you know, it's built off of DC's history with all their deaths, both good and bad, heroic and villainous. Okay. So basically we had a, uh, you know, every, every hero or villain who has died is dead or, uh, you know, has been portrayed as dead, I, I believe. Uh, was was available to get a Black Lantern ring. Now, uh, once they did get these rings, um, there's the there's the Superman and the the Superman Batman covers that they had. You know, you see the the skull faces and stuff like that. They they kind of look like zombies. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't remember. Did did they use the rings the same way as uh, regular uh, Green Lantern or regular Lantern core rings? Like, did they make constructs with their Black Lanterns, or did they just bring them back to life? Well, or it was interesting. I, evil. It kind of, I guess, it kind of depended on the the, per, the 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 wielder of the ring, but also too the with with the books they they spun out across the whole DC universe, right? So there really wasn't a set guideline, but it'd be interesting to say like, okay, um, when Jesse, or sorry, when Johnny Quick got the ring, and he's running fast. Is that because of the body, or is that maybe because of the ring? Right. You know, so it's interesting to say what was considered a construct versus whatnot. I would say most of the like former dead Green Lanterns who were Black Lanterns, I think they did constructs. But you know, like the other characters, Superman, Superman Earth Two, Wonder Woman, I don't really think they use the rings that much more. Just their powers. Right. So that's a tough call to say what is a construct, what isn't a construct. So uh, the challenge here was to. Uh, go ahead and almost recreate, or I guess recreate the Blackest Night event in the Marvel U. Yeah. So, so what I threw your way was I would like to say, okay, how would you have done Blackest Night in the in the Marvel universe? So basically, give me your Lantern deputies. So who are the other characters in the Marvel universe that would get the Roy G. Biv set of rings? Um, and then at the end of Blackest Night, there were 12 heroes and villains returned to the universe. So who would be your picks? And then, of course, you know, yeah, give me some Black Lanterns, give me some White Lanterns. Oh, you know, okay. Well, well I guess I kind of did it uh, differently. I oh, mean, what you got? Well, I mean, I, I thought I saw it as the 12 Black Lanterns that were, were 12 people that were given Black Lantern rings. Okay. And then the five people that became White Lanterns. At oh, the end of the story. Well, that still works. Okay, but I mean, the, yeah, the, the, they they did have twelve, and I don't. I was curious why. Like, what would be the significance of the number twelve? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking that even in the the storyline itself, it's interesting because Johns is really good about. I don't know. He's got a lot of. He's got some deep stuff in his writings, you know. So I don't know. Maybe maybe something will come <laughs> as we as we have this discussion. Why twelve? So uh, I would think in mine, I would want to do the twelve Black Lanterns that. That are the twelve people that got the Black Lantern rings first, because to me that's how the the story went. It went the Black Lanterns came, uh, Gantha came and gave the de- deputy rings out, and then uh, then the White Lanterns they defeated the Black Lanterns and the White Lanterns happened. Yep, yep so, pretty much. Uh, and in my story, it's not so much what if the Black Lantern event, or Blackest Night event had happened in the Marvel U. It's more of the uh, at at the end of the Black Lantern, uh, Blackest Night event, um, Black Hand ended up going off with the the Compassion, the Indigo, right? Yeah, that's right. Lanterns, right? Yep. So uh, in this story, he gets away using their teleportation power. He actually 
comes to the Marvel U. Ooh, I like that. And then he throws out some Black Lantern rings. And uh, these are the 12 people that I feel the, the rings went to. All right, I like this. Now, I know that some of these characters are not dead anymore, but they were dead at one time. And I felt that was, a, that was the only pre- prerequisite. Because I remember Green, Green Arrow getting a, a Black Lantern ring, even though... He was alive at the time of the event, but he had died at one time. Yeah, because okay, so in the in the story, Blackest Night. By the way, if you, the listener, oh, if you right. are we, interested we, in getting the story, um, so it runs, it, it runs in two places. So there's a Blackest Night comic book set zero, or issue zero, and issue, all the way up through issue eight, and then it, it crosses over. And the main crossover, the one that you should read, that really makes the story spicy. Uh, Spicy. Where does that come from? Well, that really helps the story where the Green Lantern issues 43 through 52. They'll be written by Jeff Johns, and they'll have a nice Blackest Night head over. Because, again, DC Comics is just as bad as our volumes that we were just discussing. Uh, so shop carefully. So, anyways, uh, you can get those in comic book form. You could get them in hardcover form, trade paperback form. And as a matter of fact, for those of you that feel, you know, spending... Um, <laughs> the, the emotional power of avarice there. But uh, <laughs> there's a Blackest Night, an absolute edition, which is a beautiful book. I myself own it. Um, it's a nice oversized book. It's got the two comic book sets that I just mentioned collected. And what's really nice is they collected it in order. You know, read book A, read book B, read book C, and so forth. Um, I think that's great because if you buy the hardcovers or the trade paperbacks, which are the same, you're literally going to have to read one Put it down, read the other, and then go back. And that's just kind of annoying. You know? you'd rather, yeah, you'd rather just have the whole dang thing there. So anyways, so yes, this is where you can get the books. So at the start of it, we, we see, um, and I, I don't know if you remember this one or not. So it was kind of cool. In the stories, they would have like the little lantern gas tank effect going on for the Black Lantern. So it was like 0%. Mm-hmm. And then like Black Hand kills himself, and I think it goes to like 1%. Right. So he's the first Black Lantern. And then he, he keeps amassing characters, like John Jones, uh, the Martian Manor. He was the first character to get a, a ring. Because he had just recently died in uh, Villains United. I no, believe. Final Crisis. Final Crisis. Yeah, because the Villains group killed him. Right, the, that's, what, that's what it was. Yeah. So they killed him, and obviously with John Jones being the heart and soul... Uh, you can hear more about John Jones in Character 101. <laughs> but anyways, with John Jones being killed and him having such a big connection to a lot of DC characters, you know his, he's going to inspire a lot of emotion, which is what this gas tank needs. So they're building it up, building it up, building it up. And finally, they get to 100%. Here comes the big Black Lantern. It arrives. And now these Black, ring, black Lantern rings that come out, they can. They go on Green Arrow and Superman, who have died, but now they're alive. But if you've died and come back, it do, or if you've died at all, that's all that counts. Right. If you're dead and dead, if you're dead and alive, now you're going to be victimized by the ring and you can be picked up. So that's how DC played it in the story. Okay, so playing with that in my story... The, the 12 rings go out. I, we, uh, so Black, uh, Black Hand pops into the Marvel U and he, the 12 rings go out. And uh, the first one goes to Bucky Barnes. Ooh. Now, I know you could sit there and be like, he didn't die. He just became Winter Soldier. Like the Russians put him, uh, you know, did experiments on him and stuff like that. I have to believe at some point his heart, his heart stopped. Now, now do, they, do they bring him back to life? Yes. Did they resurrect him? No. It's more of a 
maybe even every time he went into cold storage is kind of the same as dying. Well, I mean, in it, my storyline, no, I agree with that, and honestly, like, and I think that that's something that was missed in Brew Baker's run, not by him, but by the fans, because if you think about the big crucial moment when Bucky Barnes and he no longer knows anything, Bucky Barnes, he is just the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and he's standing there in front of Cap, and Cap's like, you know, him. he's like, I don't know who the hell you are. And that was why it was such a like heart wrenching moment, which goes perfectly because it's going to invoke emotion. So I <laughs> exactly. like that. But the big thing is when Cap has the cosmic cube, and I I, I went back because I was like, did he force Winter Soldier Winter Soldier to be Bucky, or did he help him? And it, he basically the words, if I remember correctly, was like, remember who you are. So with the power of the cosmic cube, that's almost a resurrection force in a sense. True. So I would have to say, yes, Bucky Barnes was dead for all intents and purposes. It took some cosmic power to help bring back bring what he back. was. So no, I, I'd give you that. I'd say yes. And I'd, I'm already reading it now because <laughs> <laughs> you took one of my favorite characters. So yes. <laughs> uh, the next one goes to uh, John Proudstar Thunderbird from the X-Men. You know, nice. Uh, he had a big... Uh, sacrificing death where he uh, was some had to do with a plane. This is kind of before I was reading X Men. He, uh, I just know that whenever they talk about deaths in the X Men, kind of uh, Colossus and, and Thunderbird seem to come up a lot. Yeah. Well, I remember. Okay, so Thunderbird. So what happened was there. So when they relaunched the X Men, Giant Size X Men number one, they had the whole like, um, oh gosh, what's a. Uh, multicultural X-Men, which was really cool because at the time, you know, it's all the characters, you know, were of one race or whatnot. Very few minority bases. And here they did an excellent job. It wasn't, you know, I mean, it was just, that's how it should be done. Like, it wasn't forced or anything. It's just like, hey, let's do this. So, uh, Thunderbird, John Proudstar. And unfortunately, now this is where you could start saying, well, maybe there was a stereotype. So he's this <laughs> angry Native American. Yes. And he just couldn't let it go. He had this chip on his shoulder, couldn't let it go. And actually, it wasn't really that he sacrificed. It's more that he was too bullheaded and went after the bad guy, mm. jumped on the plane, and basically punched the plane till it exploded. And that's why he died. And of course, you know, in the big panel, we see Cyclops like, no, come back. I didn't, you know, I didn't tell you to do that. And Professor X is like, <laughs> jump off the plane now, jump off the plane now. And then he blows up and explodes. You know, it's like, whoa. And, you know, this was early 70s, if I remember. So we hadn't really had too many characters die. So, yeah, that was a, that's a good death. That's a good pick. Um, uh, the next one would be Baron Einrich Zemo. Ooh. So the original Baron Zemo. Um I think that would also be a very good one for uh, you seeing Bucky to come back and then also, or Bucky change and then the guy who essentially killed Bucky, you know. That's uh, a good good mashup, yeah. Getting that. Yeah. Um, Electra gets one. Now, uh, out of curiosity, are you gonna? Is it gonna be the the Frank Miller Electra, the the one true Electra? Well, technically, I could say it that way because I mean, his he says his his Electra died. So if his Electra died, then he, she can get a Black Lantern ring. I like it. Uh, Quentin Beck Mysterio, the one that uh, ended up committing committing suicide, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I thought that'd be a, a good one. Uh, Cassie Lang's stature. I know she's back to life now, but after the whole uh, uh, Young Avengers Children's Crusade, she uh, ended up dying due to doom. Yeah. Um, Clint Barton. 
Oh yeah, he's got a couple of deaths on him. <laughs> he's yeah. got it, so so that's we'll, good. We'll get some Hawkeye in there. I like that. Charles Xavier. Okay, he's dead right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so he counts. Uh, Janet Van Dyne. Okay, I threw that one in there. I don't know if she actually died when she after a Secret Invasion. She kind of just went to another dimension, right? Yeah, so the, um, during one of the big Marvel crossovers, they called it Secret Invasion. And honestly, that that's a good um, – it was a real – not a murder mystery story, but like, you know, who do you trust? That was their tagline because mm-hmm. there are these aliens – well, the scrolls were among us and they could shapeshift and they would act like the people we know. Turns out they weren't the people we know. And so – Somehow there was this big like bomb, and it wound up turning the bomb, and Janet merged, and she was growing huge because at the time she was Giant Woman, so she could go into the Wasp and then become Giant Woman, and so they're like, "Oh God, she's gonna explode or something," and then so Thor's like, "Screw that!" opens up a dimension and just throws her in it, <laughs> just throws her in it, and closes it, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh yeah, we can't find that dimension," and it turns out she like shrank down, probably in the microverse or something like that, so. Yeah, so she never, like, at the time, we as the fans and everybody else, yeah, she's dead, you know, and in Bendis, Brian Bendis, his last story arc with the Avengers book, he brought her back because he was like, well, you know, I came in and I did all this destruction, so, you know, I better set it right. And he gave us back Janet. So yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, it's, you it, would have you, if you were writing it, you'd really have to explain it because you know you're going to have a comics fan <laughs> that's going to be like this tourist. So that, that yeah, there I will I will give you that one. That that one might be my if. All right, all but right. Uh, then the last I believe three that I have is Wolverine, who dies more than Wolverine. Oh, God, he's currently dead. <laughs> he's currently know? dead. Um, Harry Osborn. Ooh, Harry Osborn, you know, one time a Green Goblin, or did they just call him New Goblin? I know, they called him Green Goblin, right? He yeah, he, no, he, was, he was Green Goblin. And then, the big one, Jean Grey. Oh, I like it. <laughs> the, 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 the ring goes off into space wherever it needs to go to find her. Well, you know, and that's cool because honestly, like, and I, I think about that stuff because it's like, okay, so the White Lanterns, the premise behind them is... Their life, you know, that is like, you know, what, what everything exists out of. Your your pets, myself, your friends, you know, your home, everything. Just all the energy that makes life. And the phoenix is supposed to be something of that. Some kind of offshoot of that. So could you imagine, like, what does that do? You know, so that'd be cool. <laughs> like, that you've got some stuff to explore there, depending on, you know, the, the, the comic series you get. So I, I like that. I like that a lot. So then that's my 12. What are your 12? Okay, so my 12. So at the end of this big storyline, okay, so the characters that return. So I would take the original swordsman. Uh, he's going to be one that returns. Now, I like him because I feel he's a good story for redemption. Um, he's the guy who's responsible for the training of Clint Barton. And, you know, he's been crooked. He's been bad. And I'm not 100% sure, but I think he was also the same character that eventually they made him Avenger, and he died and sacrificed himself. Okay. So I feel, you know, he's got some good... Like, obviously, during My Blackest Night story, he's going to have a lot of emotion to tug with, so at the end of it, he's rewarded with returning to life. Um, now, this one's a great one. I want to give this one back to the Marvel Universe, and especially with the upcoming movies. Captain Marvel, the original Captain Marvel, comes back, you know? <laughs> Having the cancer eat up his body and eventually he died, 
he finally gets a return, and this one's no no silly thing that Marvel sometimes does. You know, like, oh, Captain Marvel's back. No, it's because he time traveled. Oh, Captain Marvel's back. No, he's a scroll who forgot he was a scroll. No, this is straight up Captain Marvel. You know, I told when we originally did this story, I was like, oh yeah, I'll throw in Captain Marvel, and I totally forgot about him when I was re- writing up my list. Well, there you go. There's your wasp. There's your fill in. There you go. I'll take. I'll there, take that. You know, yeah, and, and actually, here's a good one for you. You got both Captain Marvels. Captain Marvel and Guinness or Genesis, Genesis, Genesis. Genesis. yeah, Genesville. So you could you could um, you could use him because I know you were a fan. I of I was his a big fan of Genesville. So you could give him back to the Marvel U, and there's your spin-off comic book that you get to write. <laughs> I don't know. He's got the power cosmic and a power ring. <laughs> Why, a not? Why not? Why <laughs> not? All right, uh, my number three pick. I give it to Thunderstrike. Ooh, yep, Mister Masterson is back. Um, he was a great character. I know he had a noble death, and I, it's funny because I don't really know much about him, but I know more about his son when they did the whole Marvel Comics 2, MC2. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, his son, Eric? No, it was Eric and then his son, Kevin, right? Yes, Kevin. So Kevin, you know, I thought, wow, what a cool hero. And, you know, if that kid could be inspired by his father, then that must have been a hell of a character. So I'd like to see more of him. Um, now this is where it's going to be interesting because it's heroes and villains. Right. So I'm going to bring back one of the worst things to ever happen in the Marvel U, the Void. Wow. The Void. Now straight up, notice how I just called him the Void. Uh-huh. This is not you know Bob Reynolds or Sentry. This is the Void. So now with that entity left unchecked, what's going to happen? <laughs> you know, how's this thing going to be? I mean, can I mean? I, I don't know. In, in my reading of of the Sentry, I always figured they were the same person. Well, but see, this is where I'm going to play it off. That you know, I, I did like I remember reading those you know the Sentry and then the, the spinoff books and stuff like which, that. Which in itself, the Sentry is a very convoluted character. Oh which, god! Depending on who's writing it and what they want to use him for, he either has ultimate power or he's uh, you know yeah, I, it, it's weird. It, very he's, strange character. It, He's a character. In publication history. Yeah, no. They, they need a team to write his book. <laughs> they need a team of people to basically, like, because he is. He's really left unchecked. You know, it's like he's power supreme and then he's not power supreme, you know? So it's, and then, you know, they're supposed to play off each other. You know, if the sentry saves 100 people, then, you know, the void kills 100 people. You know, did that still exist or not? You know, I was like, oh, that's a neat idea. And then the next writer comes like, that's stupid. <laughs> no, but it's part of the character traits, right. you know? But anyway, so I would go with him. Uh, next up, my number five pick, I'm giving it to Jack of Hearts. Um, he was a great character during his run on the Avengers. I enjoyed him, and he did have a noble death. And, you know, again, if, if we're bringing people back, let's, let's bring him back, see what he could do. Um, speaking of space characters, I'm going with Quasar for number six. Um, you know, and again, like, it's a shame because he's not really a character I know much about. Um, but I just feel, you know, well, I actually, to be honest with you, it was hard finding dead Marvel characters <laughs> who are still dead, you know, cause it's like, Oh, I want to use this character. Well, they dead and came back. Okay. never mind. So, you know, I, I don't know much about him. I, I, I remember his death during the annihilation comics. It was sad. So it'd be kind of neat to say, all right, well, let's give him back. Let's see what he could do. Um, now this one I like just because of the reaction it's going to make abomination the original abomination wow. comes back how does that affect Bruce Banner and now here's a crazy twist too Betty Ross has Hulk powers how does she feel That's is true. she going to gun for him you know yeah. General Ross has Hulk powers is he going to gun for him so now here's the two characters that he's responsible for changing their lives and now they finally have the ability to do something back 
And depending on, you know, what, what could be written, maybe the trick might be there is to bring back Emil Blonsky instead of the abomination. You know, he just, the, the man comes back without the monster. Right. So that could be something to play with. Um, <clears throat> speaking of bringing back just men, Happy Hogan, a supporting character of Tony Stark. Um, it's funny because that, that's the character played by John Favreau in the movies. And Happy Hogan, you know, he was a great sidekick type character to Tony Stark. And when the comics continued and everything was going the way it went, eventually Pepper kind of got over a crush, crush on Tony and fell in love with Happy married happy you know they were they were together and then once the movies came out and they started getting successful it's like hey tony stark and pepper pop should be together they killed they kill him you know they killed off happy hogan it's like what oh man so i i would i'd bring him back just to see you know what that's gonna do to the iron man books like how big yeah what's pepper gonna do does she you know does she still love the man or you know has she put him away totally so i think that could be interesting my number nine pick, I give it to Jean Grey. Of course, you know, I would love to bring her back. Um, she needs to be back. It's her death, the, 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 the real death, not, you know, the, the Phoenix ones and stuff like that. Her real death, um, New X-Men issue 150. It's a weird story because she's killed by Magneto, but it's not Magneto. And, you know, it's like he had like he gave her an emp stroke and it's like wait he's magneto <laughs> how the hell does magnetics do that to a person of her power level so i would bring her back um plus with the state of the x-men books i think it'd be neat and you know her finally meeting young gene i think that'd be kind of cool to see how that works out um now i'm going to bring back some characters here i'm going to go with the rita demarco yellow jacket character so she's the female yellow jacket she kind of seemed like she's very much kind of a Terra of the Teen Titans, mm-hmm. you know, this this person who comes in as a hero and then turns out they're a, a traitorous villain. It's like, well, they were kind of all nasty evil, so what would they do in their second life? So I'd like to explore that. And then I'm going to bring back the Rose, Richard Fisk, the son of Wilson Fisk. Mm. I want to bring back that villain. I think he'd be fun to have back in the Marvel Universe because he's just as conniving as his father but he's well more proactive you know he actually did the whole theatrics put the mask on and was out there and you know you'd see him fighting people so it'd be kind of cool to be like all right what could this guy could do and then finally my number 12 pick this is the big one <laughs> the sentry the sentry the sentry so i am separating the two of them i oh. am, i'm finally gonna fix the character i would love to see the sentry <laughs> in the marvel universe no more crazy bob reynolds no more crazy void it's literally bob reynolds is the sentry that is the same person you know not this whole batman bruce wayne no batman is bruce wayne bruce wayne is batman that's just how they are so these two it's the same guy and the void is now finally taken out and we're going to have them. So this will spin off into my Century Rebirth miniseries. And this is how I fix the character. <laughs> so I, I find it funny that you've used this uh, This as a way to bring back characters that were dead. So it's kind of like uh, Marvel's... Marvel was... The, the way they did it was they used Secret Invasion to bring back dead characters and say... Oh, these characters actually didn't die. It was their scroll counterparts that died. And right. They were just sitting in this... Uh, spaceship lifeboat out in the middle of space. So that's how you got Mockingbird back, and you got uh, uh, who else? Oh god, well, we had Spider Woman. Yeah, Spider Woman. Um, well, the real Spider Woman came back. Mockingbird came back. Um, not that Hank Pym was gone, but that kind of gave him. Some, yeah, like there were a couple others. Um, oh man, I can't. I'm, I'm having a brain block on that. But yeah, but we did. We got some like 70s, 80s, early 90s characters 
brought back to life for us, you know. And the biggest was Mockingbird, you know. It's like, oh, it turns out she never died, you know. And it was like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, like, how does that work out? So, yeah. So now I would say we would want to do the the deputies, the the people that that get um get their rings, lantern rings, yes. color lantern rings. So in in this one, you know, I find since uh, uh, Black Hand came to the Marvel Universe and gave out these these black rings, you know, the the emotional uh, I guess terror that would that would be happening at this point is so powerful that you know it reaches. Oa in the DC universe and Ganthet's like, oh man, take let me <laughs> let me grab some rings and take him over there. So he go he goes interdimensional travel and uh, he uh, lets the rings do their job. So, um, I maybe I went a little too obvious with this one, but the green one, you know, willpower the uh, the one who can overcome great fear, the man without fear. Matt Murdock. Hey, what a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Is that who you got for your that's, Green Lantern? That's mine, Green Lantern also. Okay. Um, I mean, I mean, it, it, it kind of it's kind of there. I know we we t- we tend not to do the the obvious ones often, but sometimes it's just so I think it's just so poetic that it should it should count. Well, it does. I mean, honestly, when you look at the, the essence of the character, see now for me, I almost gave it to Cyclops. If you, the if the if the listeners could see my paper, <laughs> I had Cyclops, but I scratched it out and I put it to Daredevil. Now, the Cyclops is he's a good character. That both of those characters are because they have they've overcome immense struggles, and it's not even that the fact that the superheroics. It's before the superheroics. You know, Matt Murdock, blinded as a young boy, uh, his senses are in, super enhanced, so he's had to learn how to control that willpower mm-hmm. you know he has to learn that okay you know when i sleep with the window open i have to learn to control my senses you know everything's going to smell so i've got to learn to block that out the hearing and all that stuff i mean god can you imagine like i'm sure we've all had that sometimes you do a load of laundry and the clothes feel a little bleachy you mm-hmm. know what is that going to do to him dude oh well, my god really bad yeah. yeah that miles would be like i just took a bleach bath you know so i mean it's he's learned he's learned to control this stuff and I think he's a he's a great character for that. I mean, it's you know his senses were enhanced. It's not that he was given you know stronger muscles so he could jump building to building. He chooses to jump building from building. So I, I think that that fits the character to a T. That's why he has willpower. So no, I agree with you on that one. We we both matched, and you know again they've played him off of that. He is the man without fear. You know he's the swashbuckler who he is. you know he's jumping <laughs> in head first, and he loves it. You know so yeah no I I agree with you on that one. Nothing, nothing too obvious there. Just fact. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, fact. Uh, okay, uh, then on to my Red Lantern. I, thought, I mean, there's, there's obviously there's a lot of rage characters. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess it's, it's he has shows great anger. Is that what it was? Is, 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 yeah, well, is great rage, rage. rage. rage they yeah, say it, right. but I mean, anger, uh, rage, I yeah. guess I don't know the, the the vocabulary too well. But I would say they're the same thing. But yeah, so of all the people. I ended up going with Dakin. Ooh, wow, okay. So I, I feel the, the, the kid of Wolverine who's obviously very angry at his father. Yeah. Very angry. And, you know, it's it's enough to have spurned him since being a child onward to amass a great fortune, become a, almost a, a, a world crime boss, you know, uh, do experiments on himself, get... Uh, the what's that the Masamune blade yeah, attached the, to his middle uh 
His middle claw. Middle yeah. claw that comes out of his wrist. And, you know, just everything he's done in his life is basically to focus that anger towards his father. No, I like that. I mean, that's... Who's abandoned him, according to him. Yeah, I mean, like, the only reason he lives is to destroy somebody. Yep. He is quite the rage machine. I like that. Um, and, you know, it'd be funny, in your story, you're going to have a neat element there. So with the Winter Soldier being a Black Lantern, okay, these whole deputies are to fight the Black Lantern. Right. You know who Dakin's going for? The guy who killed his mom. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot yeah, that the Winter Soldier so killed his mom. that's going to be a cool moment there right go. there. <laughs> nice, nice. Who's your Red Lantern? Okay, so my Red Lantern. So I guess I'm I'm in the same area as you. I'm in the same. I'm like a, a spinoff cousin type character. <laughs> I went with Sabretooth. Um, oh, oh, that's very good. You know, again, the same thing. I mean, it's like every year on Wolverine's birthday, this guy just stops what he's doing, finds Wolverine, <laughs> and destroys the crap out of his day. <laughs> I mean, here's Sabretooth. He could be, you know, I don't know when Wolverine's birthday is, you know, but it's like. Uh, actually, know, Wolverine wouldn't know what his birthday is. That's I, true, too. Yeah, so Wolverine doesn't even know when it's coming. <laughs> Unless he finally started marking a calendar saying, like, I've noticed every March 11th this crazy guy comes after me. But, I mean, like, you know, whatever Sabretooth is doing, he stops and he's like, all right, got to go find Wolverine and just destroy the crap out of this guy's day, you know. Like, I will fuck your birthday cake. I mean. It is extreme. So I just, again, it's a character with such rage, such tenacity. Now, that one's going to be tough because in the modern Marvel Universe, he's, you know, he's playful. He's a redemptive, heroic Sabretooth. No, 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 no. (laughs) Sabretooth is scum, you know. (laughs) This is, you know, no, this is scum. This guy is a scum bucket. He needs to be that way. So in my story, this is how we get our Sabretooth back. This unwashes the disgustingness of Axis and gives us back the bloodlust Sabretooth. I mean, because, like, we've seen... I mean, I don't know about you, but I remember watching panels where, like, Sabretooth would kill somebody. He's got dripping blood in his hand. He's just licking it off like it's nothing. I'm oh, like, yeah. that dude is a sick mofo. He's, so He's, he's crazy. <clears throat> that, he's, that's that's my red pick. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I mean, that's... I mean, he's also one of my favorite characters. I think, uh, I think the movies really haven't done him well justice yet. Um, like, there's this one... Uh, there's, I mean, there's one book. I don't remember exactly what the book is, but I remember there was a, a Sabretooth mini that I read, and it totally showed. I mean, it paints him as a hero because he's the it's he's the sole person of the book, but you can see that he's not a hero even in that book. He he does save one person, but it's it's totally uh, shows off his is uh, how methodical he is, and he you know he can he can do things very sophisticated and very smart. But oh he, yeah, but he also reverts back to just savage murder. Yeah. So no, I, I and that's what I like about him. I mean, they've seen him. I've seen him in his art. You know, it's like here he is in a suit. He cleans up pretty nicely. Yeah. He's a businessman. He's run organizations. All of a sudden, you know, berserker. You know, it's like <laughs> whoa. Yeah. He's a yeah. That's a conniving character. Um, orange. So my orange lantern. <laughs> It went to Tony Stark. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, if you think about... Okay, I, obviously he had a very good reason for the Armor Wars. Right. But that was very much so of, this is mine. This is my technology. This, you know, he, to me, he's very selfish in that way. I mean... No, it's true. I mean, because, like, it, I, I haven't actually had a chance to sit down and read the Armor Wars. The only thing I can really remember was when they had that cartoon late mm-hmm. in the mid-90s. Right. And they did, like, a quick adaptation of that. And I always remember that moment when he went after Stingray. Here's another hero. And it's like, you might be wearing my tech. And he threw that armor corruptor on him and left him to, like, <laughs> drown. You know, and the cartoon, I think they had it that he attacked Hawkeye. In the comics, he actually attacked Cap. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, whoa, yeah, it is, it is a very selfish moment. Because, again, it could have just been one of those things like, hey, you know, Stingray, uh, Hawkeye, talk, uh, Clint, our Cap, you know, why don't you guys come over real quick? Can I talk to you? And this is what's going on. Maybe you could help me. Nope, it's screw you all. Nope. This is my armor. I take, I take my tech. You guys can't have it. Do you see that little TM right there? That's trademark. <laughs> it's mine. Yeah, no, I, I like that. And it's it's neat. It's a great role reversal. Yeah, right. Know? Um, some background for the readers real quick. So in the DC Comics Blackest Night, in the official storyline, when they did their Deputy Lanterns, as they were called, we had Mara, who was Aquaman's wife, lover, and all that stuff. She actually got the Red, red Rage Lantern, which was kind of weird. But it was good because they played off her, her loss of love. You know, this is the man she's loved. She shared a child with him. Um, so there was that. Um, Orange went to Lex Luthor. I don't think I need to say much about that guy. You know, we all know how villainous he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yellow went to the Scarecrow. Uh, again, another character who lives based entirely off of fear. Right, I'm so almost the master of fear. You know? Yeah, and I like the way they perceived that epi- or the issue when we're kind of seeing it. You know, he's walking around. There's all these black lanterns tearing up Gotham City, murdering people. And he's just walking around like, oh, okay, don't really care. And like even one of the black lanterns confront him, which was Azrael, which is probably a painful right. moment. Yeah, when they're like, oh, they, turns out my character really is dead. No, no, and, I, I retconned it in my – or I didn't retcon it, but they never said it was John Paul Valley. It could have been his dad. Sorry, so. Jeff Johns. You've been overruled. I've been o- I overruled. <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, but yeah, he just didn't care. It didn't phase him. Um, the green, well, green stayed with Hal Jordan, so we never got to see who would have been a pickup, an extra backup. You right. Know? Um, uh, blue went to the Flash, Barry Allen, uh, recently resurrected and given back to the DC universe. So he's the patron saint of hope for the DCU, which was a pretty good pick. Uh, Indigo, and at the time, it, all we knew was they were compassion. We didn't know that they were reformed villains, brainwashed, and all this stuff that they've become. So it makes for an interesting pick nowadays. But back in the comic, they gave it to the Ray Palmer Atom. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, we had Violet, which is love, which was given to Wonder Woman. Um, So those would think that she would get like the rage, maybe, or something like that. But she ended up getting love. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, you would think they they would have gone different characters. So it's interesting, but that's where they started playing off that she loves the world so much that she's willing to fight for it. So kind of an interesting conundrum there. Um, so yeah, so that was the DC picks, and we'll go back to our picks. Yeah, um, we definitely should have done that at the beginning. So I'm glad you went back and and, and did that. Uh, what wasn't it also in in when when uh, the yellow ring went out? Uh, wasn't Batman like, oh, I know exactly where that ring's going. I don't know if I if I I don't know if I remember something like that, but I do remember. I remember they, they, there was a lot of Batman play in that. They they gave it to, they actually gave it to Bruce at first, and then he right. dejected it, and that's when we started learning about you know like oh there's there's more color out here. So there might have been a moment like that. I'm not too sure, mm. but it would make sense. I mean, if it's a fear ring, if this guy <laughs> is the master of fear. <laughs> uh, so we just did. Orange. Oh, okay. Well, let me. Okay, so yours, I liked yours. Yours is Tony Stark. Um, again, I'm kind of in the same neighborhood here. I went with Doctor Doom. Ooh. Uh, again, you know, the, here's this guy who's supposed to be the king of Latveria. He doesn't care about them. He just wants to rule people. You know, he's got magic based powers. He doesn't care. He just wanted the magic to go, you know, save his mother's soul from hell. You know, this guy is nothing but greed. I mean,. You know, his avarice of Reed Richards alone is a good burning <laughs> force. So I Very feel. True. And plus, you know, why not see the Doctor Doom costume? We see the, the, the typical armor, but instead of the green clothes over it, we'll have, you know, some orange clothes over that. So I thought that'd just be cool visually looking. 
Uh, okay, that was orange. So then we go on to yellow. Yep, yellow fear time. Fear. All right, so I'll toss this one out there. So for my fear pick, I had a tough choice here, and I, I thought long and hard, who inspires fear in the Marvel Universe? And, you know, there's a lot of good picks and whatnot, but I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to go with Frank Castle, the Punisher. You know, I think everybody... They, they they kind of tighten up the minute they see that skull. You know, it's it, like oh, very crap. true. You know, and most times the Punisher. I mean, here's a here's an interesting question: Can you name the Punisher's Rogues Gallery? <laughs> no, because they don't live. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow, you got three issues. You must have been a great character. <laughs> so you know, he he always tenses up, and even characters like Spider Man and Punisher, or sorry, uh, Spider Man and Daredevil. You know, they're kind of like, uh oh, it's Frank. <laughs> you know, uh, his scene in Civil War. You know, it's like the minute he walks in the room, you see Cap just like throw him to the oh no i'm sorry captain america and and the underground avengers you know they've got villains on the team they're okay with that but the minute frank walks through he's like no and he slaughters all them so cap just like has to take him down you know and he does not work well with others exactly no he doesn't he's definitely there's a lot of fear in that room you know i it's a a very good pick um now I went with the uh, one character, like like I said, yellow was very hard for me in the Marvel U because I, 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 not only did I have a hard time finding people, but then when I did, I was like, which one to pick? Right. So, I went with Scarlet Witch. Ooh, okay, I now, like if that. You think about it. I mean, she she did House of M. She was able to manipulate the whole world. Like she changed. Everybody, uh, certain people didn't even make it into that world, and some some people made it back. You know, her power was so immense that it eventually uh, kind of got the um, you know the the heroes because af- after House of M, you know the the, the X Men and the and the, the Avengers to kind of mini fight before X Men versus Avengers, and uh, they they because they wanted to know what to do with that body and who what was going to happen. I believe. I? Yeah, no, okay. no, they totally did. Yeah, because that um, I know she was responsible for the the Avengers' worst day ever, Avengers disassembled. Yeah, exactly. You know? And then she was kind of you know Magneto took her, and I think the reason the Avengers kind of let her go with Magneto is because kind of like we don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> this has never happened before. You know, she's done the things that Ultron and and you know uh, Loki and all those guys could never do. She made the Avengers cry like massively, and and um, then eventually, you know, no more mutants was yeah. you know th- so those three simple words was able to almost eliminate a whole race of people. Yeah, she took down the mutants like that, just left them down to 198 people. So I I, I can see that you know hers is a face that would yeah. exactly you know I mean th- even after she came back to life, there's still mutants that were like. Really? She's back to life? You know, this is a person that decimated us. Yeah. So that's why I I feel that she was able to inspire great I like that. And honestly, I I thought about that. Um, I think she's a great pick. Um, As a matter of fact, she's a a character I would have picked for something. Um, (laughs) So uh, you're going to hear more about her for a minute. But again, you're echoing or you're you're pre-stating a lot of the stuff that I'm saying there. So I, I agree with you on that she does. Like you see an image of the Scarlet Witch. There's something there. So no, I agree with that one. Uh, blue, blue. Okay, so I focused a lot on the hope. Obviously, that's the the blue lantern is hope. Um, I couldn't remember his first name, but uh, Braddock, Captain Britain. Oh, that's a good pick because they've. I mean, in the few books that I read read of his, they they state that he is not like Captain America, where he stands for America, but he's the hope of Britain. Like oh, their so. their actual belief in him, but 
powers him. So like that's the that whole you know nation is power it powers Captain Britain. So why wouldn't the hope of of a whole nation go towards uh, uh, the Blue Lantern go towards him? I like that, and honestly, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's you know it's the, the more that people care and believe in him, the stronger he is. Mm-hmm. You know, and he is he's nothing but a pure character. I mean, I. Gosh, I mean, he's, he's Brian Brian Braddock. Yeah. Brian Braddock. Uh, yeah, but no, he uh, he he does. He's a character who blushes. Even you know, he right. is so pure. That's wow. My hat is off to you. That's a good pick. <laughs> That's a real good pick. Um, I went well since we're talking captains. Um, <laughs> Captain America. Yeah, I, but I just I went with the fact that you know, like I look at okay. So when when the, the Barry Allen was the pick for DC Comics for the Blue Lantern for Hope and. I get it because the thing is Barry's sacrifice was a big moment on crisis on infinite earths. Um, you know, if he hadn't destroyed that cannon, you know, obviously what we're led to believe is that the anti-monitor would have won. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his sacrifice was just huge. And you look at the characters it affected, you know, that was Hal Jordan's best friend, you know, so his best friend died. Um, Wally West's uncle you know that that's that's what also inspired him to become the flash and actually as a matter of fact that's what led to wally having so much trouble with his powers because he never wanted to out outshine barry mm-hmm. so i mean this is a guy who had a huge impact and you know when he came back you know it, it definitely rallied the troops at least that's how i viewed it so obviously rallying the troops who does it that's cap yeah cap right. leads from the front you know it's he's always been there and and i feel that you know if if people are in a big war in these comics you know these big fights whatnot you see somebody get knocked down who's the guy always offering a hand to lift him up it's cap and as soon as they see that they get you know inspired to go back and fight so that's why i went with cap i i, I saw and, that and yeah, no, you're right i mean inspires great hope is is definitely a uh detail of captain america you know that's, a, that's one of his characteristics yep uh, so I am also very happy with your, your, your choice there. All right. So I'm going to lead this next one here. So we've got Indigo, which is compassion. So it's a character we've already talked about. That's who, that's where my Scarlet Witch goes. Mm. She gets the Indigo ring. Uh, just because now that we know more about what the power does, it takes, it, from what I'm understanding of the latest bit on Green Lantern, the ring takes like a criminal and that's their prison cell. It rewires them. It remolds them until finally they subscribe to this thought belief that, okay, I should have done better. So that's why most of the, the Indigo Lanterns, they're actually more zombies. You know, that's mm-hmm. why they're very similar to the Black Lanterns. They're also another mindless group, a mindless hive. Um, so I give it to Scarlet Witch because in the, in the end, I feel she needs the most compassion because – you know, going back to those events now, of course, they've all been retconned a little. Mm-hmm. You know, so it turns out during Avengers Disassembled, that was because of Doctor Doom. You know, oh, that's right. You know, yeah, which is kind of it would. I don't know. I'm on the fence with that one still. I need to read it for like a tenth time. Maybe it'll click. Um, <laughs> I I um, during the um, House of M. You know, that was Quicksilver whispering in her ear to make all these things happen. So while, yes, she is this powerful cannon, there's moments where she's kind of let loose under her own. Um, but I think, you know, the, the things about with her children and, and the vision, the vision, you know, her love for him, I feel that that's enough to, to put her there. And plus, she is an ambiguous character. She is a character that, you know, if need be, I would kill you instead of watching you suffer. So I think that's kind of like, all right, that's she does have a compassion in that sense. So who, do, who did you go with? 
I went with one Dr. Bruce Banner. Ooh. And now I say Bruce Banner, not the Hulk. I feel that the ring would is seen as how, you know, who how, how exactly does the ring determine who's a criminal? The Hulk could be considered a criminal. He's destroyed much a lot of things and, you know, over the over the history even, you know, viewed as a bad guy. Maybe not to the readers because we have a different in- perspective of, of what the character does. Right. But, you know, uh, the ring goes to him. It's maybe able to uh, control the Hulk in him a little bit better. But who else would who else would have great compassion for, you know, people, for what has happened to other people other than the man who, who knows he can destroy cities, you know? Yeah. Well, and I like it, too, because Bruce Banner is of a scientific mind. There you so, go. you know, he's the type of person... That would because in the comic books, in the Green Lantern comic books, the first time we ever see the Compassion Lanterns, the Indigos, there's a Green Lantern and a Sinestro Corpsman fighting, and you know, I think they both died. I forget. And the Sinestro or the the Indigo Tribe show up, and the Indigo Tribe's person kills the Green Lantern mm-hmm. because it it senses it's like, oh, you're you're almost dead. So instead of letting you suffer, I'll kill you. And then it actually helps the Sinestro Corps person. The Sinestro Corsman live to you know no to live they actually like I let him escape or something like I think mm. so it's funny and and you know that's something I could see Bruce Banner you know emulating like hey you know what this is your final moment let me help you through it versus you know you're not totally bad go make better decisions <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hopefully you know? so yeah I like that that's a good one especially I like I like the way you play it that it goes to Bruce it's not Hulk it's Bruce right I think that's cool I like that. And uh, I guess our last one, Violet, Violet Lanterns. Um, <laughs> I really wanted to give this one to. I, well, I wanted to. I wanted to give it to Wolverine because I feel like <laughs> I feel like with where Dakin is is fueled by rage. I feel like Wolverine is really filled by by love. Like even when he goes into his berserker rage, like his whole life has been about love. Like how many people he's loved and how many loves he's lost and stuff like that. He's a very caring character. <laughs> he, no, is. he is. I mean, like that's why it's and he funny. hides it. Yeah, no, he does. But it, it, it's funny because like okay, some of the biggest. I remember one of my one of my worst moments of comic book discussion. I was in my local comic shop. FanQuest, give a little free promotional there, of a FanQuest. <laughs> and, you know, there's there's always this person that just, like, they discover comic books. And they come in, and then they got to shoot their mouth off. And so, you know, Wolverine's been a very popular character. And Batman's been a very popular character. And their fan bases are interesting folks sometimes. <laughs> I'm going to say interesting because I don't want to offend people, but yes. Um but anyways, so this new guy comes in and, oh, Wolverine's the best at what he is and what he does. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. You're entitled to that. But then the guy starts character bashing. Well, Batman, Batman's a weird guy because you think about it, you know, he's hanging out with a bunch of little boys, blah, blah, blah. Oh, good Lord. And it's like, you got to be kidding me. Seriously, like, you don't understand that. It's like, okay, yes, Dick Grayson, that's his son, you know. Oh, yeah. Jason Todd is... A boy that he saw was going down a dark path, and he gave him something worth fighting for. And Tim Drake, you know, is the ultimate orphan out of the group, you know. And it's like he gave him a purpose. And if anything, you could even argue that Tim Drake saved Bruce Wayne. I would say that one, yeah. yeah. So, Definitely. you know, I mean, it's he's, you know, it's not that he's like, oh, you know, here I am, this creepy guy. No, it's these kids have a purpose. There's a reason for all that's going on. And, you know, so just to throw this out there, obviously this person didn't know their fan or their character even. I said, well, what about Wolverine then? You know, you see him hang out with Jubilee. 
You see him hang out with Kitty Pride. Oh, yeah. You know, so as much as you want to argue one, the other is also just as bad. You know, but again, these characters have reason. They're why. So, I mean, Wolverine is a very compassionate, loving character in the fact that he is. He's like a father. You know, it's like Shadowcat or well, Kitty Pride. you know. You know he, he saved her. You know, he taught her all these fighting styles and whatnot. He made her the, the, the samurai that she is. And the leader that she's know? become. Yeah, and it's I can see that. I totally could see it. Um, the visual part of me is I'm picturing the, <laughs> the, the, the Star Sapphire costume. We'll see. That's... Just with this big hairy body, <laughs> but still the Wolverine ears from the mask. Well, that's, you know, that's what, you know, that's where I had to like because um, you know if, if, I I don't know if they've changed it now, but all violet star sapphire violet lanterns are are female yeah no they 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 played with that so the thing is it primarily was the star sapphires were an offshoot of the female owens who were the guardians of the universe and so pretty much for the longest time we only had um females wield the star sapphire power but then it was funny because in recent times we've seen guy gardner wear it we've seen john stewart wear it um but what's interesting is they wore it but they wore it while they also had a green lantern ring on mm-hmm. so it's like okay well is there something that works with that or not so but you know i i you know all right it, it is tough and you know it's a rule that did it still exist or not so that's a tough call but i'm curious now all right so, so I, you said I, wanted to so I who did you to. i did you, not pick him yeah. uh i went i mean i don't i don't know if if they've said they've gone come out and stated that uh, a star sapphire violet ring has to be romantic love or can it just be love? I would say, honestly, I'd say it's just love because okay. there's been like, well, like, okay, Wonder Woman. It's not the fact that she loved, you know, Steve Trevor. It's go. that she loved the world. So yeah, it's, it's so a I would love. say who to me, who is the mother? Who's the mother love of the Marvel U? I went to Sue Storm. Wow. <laughs> the one person, you know, that, is almost the the mother figure for you know all of the Marvel I, to me it's almost the Marvel maybe Aunt May might be a little bit more but nope yeah sorry <laughs> Sue, Aunt May no. <laughs> I mean the first family in the Marvel U is, is the Fantastic Four so Sue Storm or Sue Richards however you want to put it you know at this point wow she gets a, a violet ring if we had the clapping sound effect I would be pushing <laughs> it right now I I'm, I'm I'm literally kicking myself I did not think that that is an awesome pick. Because seriously, that, that truly does define it. I mean, it's it's funny because with with the origins of the Fantastic Four, you know, it was, okay, Reed Richards, he's our leader. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why he's on the team. Johnny Storm, he's the cool young sidekick that the readers are going to bond with. You know, and Ben Grimm is the, the grumpy old grouch, you know, the, <laughs> that guy. And then Sue is the female. Because that's just how comics were at the time. Exactly. And luckily, we've had amazing writers that have just given her so much depth and everything. And she is, she's, she is the most powerful out of the team. Oh, definitely. I mean, thing can't punch the invisible, you know, force fields that she can do. And you know, yeah. And and the versatility of her powers being her, her you know, I mean, when she became Malice, she was oh able my to, god, right? You know, yeah. torture people so you can create a bubble in someone's head and fucking, yeah, just, they're dead. Blah, I mean, you're done. It's she's definitely the most yeah, powerful. She's out the of, most out powerful, of the and you know, but then the way she loves her children and keeps herself in check. No, I, I agree. I agree. One I, that is that is my. I even hate my pick now. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Did that you is go to Aunt May? that is a yes. Um, <laughs> just because I wanted to see her in the costume. No. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> wow. No, that, no, that, that is, that is awesome. That is a really good pick that, 
that right there, like, because I, I know when I was reading Blackest Night when it was coming out, I, I would get excited, you know, like, oh my God, who's this? Who's that? Where's it going to go? And that one would definitely be a great fan moment. I'd be sque- like screaming inside. I'd be like, this is awesome. So no, that is, that's cool, man. I like that one. All right. Well, mine, um, I guess I kind of got stuck in the modern Marvel universe. You know, again, that's like I said, I was going to go Cyclops being the Green Lantern, but I was like, well, technically he's dead. So I was like, okay, never mind. But I went with the new Thor, the Jane Foster Thor. Wow. Um, again, you know, she's she's carried such a torch for Thor, you know. And even then when Thor outgrew her, she still was in the Marvel Universe, still pulling her weight, doing so much. And even now with her powers, you know, it's I would say that there's definitely an argument for the love of life. You know, it's like instead of her just kind of leaning back and accepting her cancer – with her last, you know, days here, she's wielding Mjolnir. She's been found worthy. You know, she's wielding Mjolnir. She's going out there and doing everything she can. I that's feel some like, damn good love. And I feel like there's, if there's anything that's uh, almost the equivalent to a powering in the Marvel U would be Mjolnir. Yeah. You know, being worthy enough to carry the hammer is, is you know, being worthy enough to sling a ring. Yeah. So, no, so that, that that I felt lent it to it, but I just like I said, I just I feel that she's got something there, you know, because I'm almost worried. This is just a, a possible spoiler, but more conjecture. But it's like I feel like when Thor gets that hammer back, he's gonna lose Jane, mm-hmm. and that's gonna be tough. And it's you know I feel that she's she's she carries that she carries a love for the world that you know she's she's not because I don't I don't think in the comics they're saying that the Asgardian science is gonna cure her cancer. It's She's just got cancer, and she's doing what she can. So that's what made me lean towards her. Like I said, I was kind of stuck in a more modern Marvel U, but, yeah, that's that's where I went with. Yeah, very interesting. I, I mean, I like your pick, too, just as much as you, you like mine. Well, let's see. All right, so uh, one thing I didn't get to throw out there. So how does my story go? So I like how yours, you know, oh, okay, yeah. when Black Hand teleports out with uh, the Indigos, they land in the Marvel U. So here's how I'm going to play mine. So Necron, who's supposed to be the – so they have these things called entities. So the first entity we ever learned about was Parallax. Um, turns out that it's this, this the, 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 the fear entity that's possessed Hal Jordan and made him go crazy during the whole Emerald Twilight. So all the, all the lantern emotions have entities. And the two biggest ones are Necron for the Black Lanterns and then just called The Entity is the one for the life lanterns, the white lanterns. And so what I would do is I have Necron. He basically... You know, he, he's lying dormant here in the DC universe. Now, for me, just having a grand scheme of things, I was like, oh, man, this story, this is going to be the story that's finally going to get DC and Marvel Comics to start working together. Because right <laughs> now, they don't. You know, they, they're not doing anything together. They kind of hate each other. You know, at least Marvel every now and then will poke the bear. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll do something to be like, oh, you know, like... I know DC Comics, they did, they had one month of 3D covers. So they made all their villains have a 3D cover. So what did DC, or what did Marvel do? They said, okay, tell you what, for every 52 issues of Deadpool purchased, we'll give you a Deadpool 3D cover. You know, and it was just so, like, and especially 52, that's an important number to DC, to DC Comics. Right. And so it was so cool. It's neat that they do that. They poke fun at it. They play with it. And I thought, all right, this is going to be great. And so anyway, so the the... the Necron has been, you know, destroyed, decimated. He's kind of wandering aimlessly in the DCU. So he eventually finds Lady Death of the Marvel Universe. Right. So, you know, finding her and and seeing how much power she has 
and seeing that she's she's not as proactive as he is he finds that as a great opportunity to like help me and then also have a place where he can come in and attack so that's why he goes over to the marvel universe and you know again he, he sprinkles out the the rings i would give it to the 12 characters that i picked um and then of course there'd be more you know like there'd probably be you know considering it's a comic book event so there's spider-man blackest night the three issue miniseries yeah. where we see you know uncle gwen stacy and uncle ben, ben have rings you know fun stuff like that um captain america where we see you know agent carter get a ring so it's like oh that's kind of neat you know stuff like that so you know, I would have that. And then, of course, I wouldn't I, I don't necessarily pick the, you know, the well, OK, so the the, the lantern depth, well, the, the, the lantern people. So the red lantern reader, lan, the red lantern leader, <laughs> Atrocitus, um, the only orange agent or agent orange, Larflees, uh, Sinestro, Hal Jordan, uh, St. Walker of the Blue Lanterns. Uh, Indigo One of the Indigo Tribe and Star Sapphire of the Violets. So, you know, they, of course, gather because this is where, you know, now the entity realizes, uh-oh, you know, the, the Necron has gone over and he's terrorizing a whole nother universe. We need to save him. So the entity gathers the Big Seven and then they, they cross over. And, of course, you know, we need backup. So the rings respawn. They go out, find the other lanterns, and now you have this this team. So it'd be kind of interesting to see a couple of these characters, you know, like how does, you know, how does Star Sapphire interact with Jane Foster Thor and stuff like that? So there'd be neat, some neat little character moments in there. But one of the big things I want to do is because I want to give uh, I want to give something to the Marvel U when the entity I'm going to have the entity meet the Phoenix Force, and I just want something Ooh. to come out of that where it kind of turns out that they're almost the same they, thing. They you pretty know? much are, so, yeah. So, so I think that'd be a neat moment in the comic books, you know, depending on the artist. But I think that'd be really cool. I think it'd be kind of cool if you think about like. Like the entity being the the uh, you know the manifestation of birth, yeah. and then the Phoenix Force being rebirth. So you would have like almost like you'd see the the stages of the entity becoming Ooh, the Phoenix Force. I like that. That's that's cool. Yeah, no, I think that'd be neat. That'd be a fun way to kind of tie right, in. It's like, yeah. okay, the Phoenix is you know all right. This is the the next stage that you're going towards. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, let's see some interesting reads, some good stuff out there. So this is a little extra bit I'm going to toss out there. So recently DC comics and IDW teamed up and they did green lantern star Trek. So, okay. You'd figure, all right, well, just because of the space, that should be enough. Nope. They actually brought the emotional spectrum over. So we see all the Star Trek people get rings too. Wow. So like Spock is wielding a, if I remember correctly, I think I haven't finished reading it yet, but like he's wielding a blue lantern ring and stuff like that. So that was a, that was very much a cool moment. Um, in my research on stuff. So I noticed there was, and this one I remember. So it was the Avengers published around 1997, volume three issues, 10 and 11. They almost have a blackest night said in the Avengers. So the Grim Reaper, you know, and he would be my black hand in this story. You know, mm -hmm. he's the one who, you know, he's got that connection to death and Necron exploits it. And there we go. But he uses his, his power because he's been dead and he's coming back to life. So he uses his power to resurrect some dead Avengers superheroes. So we see him bring back, uh, let me see if I got my names right here. He brings back Captain Marvel Dr. Druid, Hellcat, Mockingbird, Swordsman, Thunderstrike, and Wonder Man. 
So he brings them all back to kind of terrorize the Avengers during their big day. And again, you know, it plays off this whole like, oh, my God, you know, like because at the time, you know, like, well, obviously Mockingbird, you know, we thought that was her. She was really dead. Mm -hmm. So that's supposed to invoke emotion in Hawkeye because that's his wife. You know, so it's like, oh, man, she's alive, but she's she's a monster. She's dead. So that was kind of a neat little story that they did. Um, the X-Men also had a big storyline, and it was kind of published around the same time as Blackest Night. They had Necrotia, which also played with the idea of right. certain dead mutant characters coming back and, you know, terrorizing, haunting. Um, Cypher back. We, I think, we, yeah, I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Cypher came back. And there's supposed to be another one. There's another story. Um, oh, I can't. I can't remember what it's called. This is a bummer because that's the one that it, it, it played with um, some other characters coming back to, you know, invoke emotion. I'll have to research that one. But uh, so yeah, so there's some interesting reads if you want to do. If you do want to see Marvel make what we did to a lesser degree, of course, but uh, try to do <laughs> try to do what we've done where they play with certain storylines in their universes. <laughs> Uh, did you? Uh, did you? In, I, I. I guess I, I. I don't know. I went a little bit further. I also had my. Oh, uh, what you got? My dead man. My my white white lantern ring. Oh, slinger okay. Okay. After it. So brightest day. I guess yes. would be the storyline. Okay. Uh, I ended up going to. Um, uh, of the people that were resurrected with the black lantern rings, I gave it to Harry Osborn. Like he would be the white lantern. Oh, you went with Traveling, Harry as your... Yeah. Okay, he's the main guy on that one. All right. <clears throat> and then you would have Thunderbird is Earth, Jean Grey is Fire, Mysterio is Wind, and Xavier is Water. Ooh, okay, I like that. All right. Hawk, yeah. Hawks is the Wind, uh, Aquaman is Water. Marshman is Earth. Right. Firestorm is Fire. Right. Does that cover the... Yeah, because it was Hawkman and Hawk Girl, so there's five. Okay, I like that. So what we're talking about here is um, after the Blackest Night story ended, there were 12 heroes and villains resurrected. And they all had a, a mission. They all had something that they had to do. And so that story spun off into something called Brightest Day. And in the main, in, the, in that story, it was its own miniseries, like 24 issues. So Dead Man is the main point of view character. And he's the only one with a white lantern ring. So he's going around and he kind of runs into certain people. Like he runs into Maxwell Lord and we see what Max is doing. He runs into Reverse Flash and we see what Reverse Flash is doing. And eventually a lot of these characters are getting killed or haunted and all of a sudden we see aquaman just you know dissipate and it turns out he's turned into like a water being um hawkman and hawk girl are turned into sand like just dust they're you know we see them turn to dust because they've turned into wind so they're the air elementals there we go that's where i'm looking for the elementals oh, and exciting. so martian man under represents the earth element and firestorm represents a fire element um and so anyway, so they would take from the 12 characters. So that story led to it. And it, it was really cool visual looking. I was hoping for some action figures, DC collectibles. <laughs> so we need to get to work on that. Um, so, yes. Okay. So going with that, I guess. Um, well, so you, you know my 12 that returned. Mm -hmm. um, for me, the point of view character, I'm giving it to Captain Marvel. Um, Which would make a lot more sense, yeah. Yeah, I, I just I liked him because of his connections to the Marvel U. You know, he's he's connected to most of the heroes, but he's also got a galaxy uh, uh, complex on that regard. Mm -hmm. So I guess echoing that, but I almost kind of want to echo more the the Infinity Gems, you know, things like that. What they would what they would represent in that regard. So I mean, if I'm if I'm following, you know, the the elementals of Earth, I would definitely say I would give Jean Grey the fire aspect. Um, just because you know what she's what the phoenix is always kind right. of represented right. in that regard um i would go with um 
the the sentry as the the earth elemental in that regard because you know again with with, with his powers it, you know he's definitely he's a he's a face smile of superman but you know what he represents to it you know he's mm-hmm. always done his best to protect it as as well as he could um my air elemental i would give it to thunderstrike you know i would he like definitely that. represents you know more the the storms of things but, but yeah, you know i'm gonna give him that in the air, yeah yeah and so what does that leave me with water water okay so my water elemental who would i go there hmm that's gonna be a tough pick with my list uh <laughs> i guess i guess actually i could almost see okay let me let me switch this then real quick i'm gonna take thunderstrike and give him the water bit okay uh again just because of the connection with the thunderstorms and stuff like that i would go with jack of hearts i would give him the air element okay i would i would give that to them um if i knew my my infinity gems a little bit better it'd be kind of neat to play with like time and space because mm. i know those are the big ones in the marvel U. but you know the infinity stones and the our gems or whatever we're calling them they're tough <laughs> because you know, in the comic books, the Cosmic Cube was a Cosmic Cube. Uh, the Infinity Gem was an Infinity Gem. Right. Now they're the same thing. So it's, God, you know, once even Marvel makes up its mind, <laughs> you know. But I think those would be my picks. I would have Captain Marvel be the point of view character. Just because in a selfish bid, I'm not going to lie here, I, I wouldn't mind reading more about him. So well, I, I, I think, I think that's neat. a great way of bringing him back and, yeah, having him, you know, travel travel and bring uh, the character back to being known. Uh which, you know, it's kind of what I wanted to do with Harry Osborn. I just wanted to make him the, you know, he's maybe not known by everybody in the DCU, but, or DCU, Marvel U, but, uh, you know, he's, he was an essential character in Peter, Par- or Peter Parker's life and Spider-Man, but he would almost be re- trying to redeem himself for not only his sins, but his father's sins. And, Ooh, I like that element. Know, uh, getting the second chance at life, and now he even has a son out there. So, yeah, that's neat to play with in yeah. that regard. Um, I don't know. I don't know when you kind of stop reading Spider-Man comics, but you know they brought Harry back in a weird way. Oh, I didn't. Oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> you heard it here, folks. For <laughs> um, but anyways, so yeah, after the whole brightest our brand new day that was, oh, okay. <laughs> that's my brightest day, brand new day. Brand so new day. brand new day for Spider-Man. They had um, Harry just came back. I don't. I don't really know how they explained it. I, I don't know if it was just something like, oh, it turns out he was in Europe, too, hanging out this whole time, you know, <laughs> something like that. But if you ever get a chance to read the original death of Harry Osborn, um, not only did Harry have a little bit of insanity because of, you know, the goblin formula, but he had a lot of hurt, um, you know, finding out his father is the Green Goblin killing Gwen Stacy, tormenting his best friend Peter Parker, and just, you know... Harry being raised by Norman, you know, you're not good enough and beating him and stuff like that. He has all that torture on his shoulders. Now we give him a heroin addiction mm-hmm. and then we put him on the goblin formula. So the, the poor guy just had hell on earth, you know? So what a good character lens to kind of be like, all right, I have a second chance at life. I want to make more of it. And, you know, and I like that. I like that you put in there that not only is he trying to redeem himself, but he wants to redeem his father. He wants to redeem that name. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of cool. And especially like where the Spider-Man comics are right now. So they had, uh, they had this, I I think they played with the, 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 the name of things. So they kind of started calling Norman the King Goblin. So they had this big storyline, the return of the King. 
And so Norman's out there terrorizing and he's, he's getting street level goblins. So now there's kids running around with like goblin tattoos and doing all the stuff. Yeah. They're getting, they're getting (laughs) out there twisted and you know, Norman's uniting all the different goblin people, hobgoblin, uh, the female green goblin and stuff like that. And so in it, there's a part where they could have captured Norman and Liz Liz Osborne, the the wife of Harry, the mother of little Normie, she actually, it's questionable, but it looks like she helped Norman escape. Wow. And little Normie is just even more of a monster. You know, this little kid, because whenever they would show little Normie drawn in the comics, he's always playing with Spider-Man Green Goblin toys, and the Spider-Man's always broken, you know, the head's always (laughs) ripped off or something. He just has this sinister look on his face, like, that is one awful child. So, you know, they're, they're making him even a little bit more dark. So how cool would that be that when, you know, Harry comes back, yeah, he's, not only is he trying to fix his father's name or even, you know, help redeem his father, but he's got to save his son. Right. So I think that'd be cool. I think that would definitely he's a good he's a good lensman to look through because you know even even with Boston Brand the dead man in the DCU he wasn't that big of a character, you yeah. know. I mean, yes, he did have adventures and whatnot, but he didn't know most of those characters and it was kind of neat what spun out of it, you know, Boston falling in love with Dove, you know, and they they had a relationship there. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be interesting who, you know, who would you pair up Harry with out of your group or who would I pass up or pair up with Captain Marvel with my group, you know, stuff like that. So, a lot of good story to spin out of these things. Well, there you go, folks, another imagine if done and in the basket. Um, what did you think? Give us some feedback. We want to hear it. Next time we come back is is my challenge. So uh, this is also one of the hard parts, you know, trying to figure out what, what story we want to see in the other universe. Yeah, right before we started recording, you know, we're, we're, we're both putting the finishing touches on stuff, making it go. But that this is, we, I think we were, we were both laughing about that. This is the hardest part where it's like, <laughs> what story do I do? What, 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 how do I pick it? What's the, what's the rules and whatnot or whatnot? Yeah, that, that's definitely a tough challenge. <laughs> So, if we can do it, this is the challenge. I want Craven's Last Hunt in the in the DC universe. Ooh. <laughs> Any character in particular or I could be like, "All right, I pick such and such and this is my Craven, this is my Spidey." Exactly. Okay. All you, right. You have the whole DCU to 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 pick from. All right. So, I think uh that would that's going to be an interesting story because I mean, there's quite the repercussions at at the end of that story. Oh yeah. Um I myself I, I know of it. I've never read it. So this is going to be interesting. I'm going to have to sit down and read that one. Um, so if you're, if you're joining me on, on, on our hunt for the, the stories last hunt here, um, I know there's a great trade paperback collection of it. I, you know, I know I'll be swinging by and buying a copy somewhere. So definitely that's out there to get yourself familiarized. So, all right, cool. Craven's last hunt cast in the DCU. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited. So that will be in two weeks when that Imagine If will come out. But in between, we'll have another Character 101. Definitely so check those out. Definitely give us give us feedbacks on what do you think of those. And uh, you know, just in general, what characters do you want to hear us talk about? What, what character is it that you've uh, seen in a recent TV show or movie that you think uh, needs a little bit more explaining? Maybe not for yourself, but for other people that you go watch movies with. Uh, drop us a line. So... Geekly Radio on Facebook, geeklyradio.com is our website, uh, at Geekly Radio is on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Uh, contact me there. Give me a, drop me, uh, drop me a line. Start up a conversation. I, I love to talk comic books with people. So, uh, you know, find me there. 
Uh, Chris, you're- uh, you, you'll find me more lurking probably on the Facebook things. So, you know, drop some questions out there. If you're curious about anything, are you, you know, you want to test our comic book might go ahead, you know, like, Hey, who is stronger Superman or Hulk or whatever types of questions. I love getting into that. So definitely feel free to chime in there. Um, if you want to let me, if you want to try to contact me on Facebook, I'm sure the, uh, the phone will tell me that there's something I need to check out. And I'm on Facebook at stuff. I should say, uh, should being spelled S H U D. So definitely feel free to contact me there and you know let's have some fun so always keep keep chiming in and, and let us know because i know there's like i was sitting down looking at the the upcoming list of movies and this is going to be insane you know and it the really tv is. shows are insane you know TV it's shows. i mean wow we just watch the the first episode of legends of dc or legends of tomorrow dc's legends of tomorrow yeah which and, was i thought it was a phenomenal show oh i enjoyed it i mean to me that it's funny like uh, i remember as a kid and you know maybe like yesterday even but i used to <laughs> Well, it was cool because I, I think it was like Kenner and Mattel. They used to have the toy lines and, you know, they had these crappy, horrible little plastic action figures. But at the time they were the that was all you had. So you didn't mind. And, you know, I remember playing with them and, you know, having the Flash and Captain America. They always hung out with each other. Why? Because they both had those little wingtips on their heads, you know. <laughs> and, and it was cool because, you know, then like Cap would be like, here, Flash, wear my shield and you could run with it, and, you know. <laughs> And I, I didn't have, you know, obviously you couldn't, like, I couldn't afford the vehicles. So I literally had a shoebox that I would set them in and fly this shoebox around. Now I'm watching, you know, Legends of Tomorrow, and I'm like, this is the stuff I did, you know? <laughs> like, I would take those toys, and, you know, they get gathered by one guy because I need you for this, I need you for that, you represent this or that. And they gather, and they go and do. And so I love stuff like that, you know? And I think that's what makes, you know, what we do here at Geek Elite awesome because it's – it's the love of characters. It's the love of a pop culture, and we're just out there sharing it in any format. So definitely. But, yeah, if you got something, if you want to jump in on that excitement, please join us. It's a great big playground. Let's all play on it. So I think with that, this has been Imagine If on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying until next time, geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.